What's going on, guys? Welcome back to Pure Evil on May. I'm your lady host, as always, here on Pure Evil on May. Make sure to subscribe down below here on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, Spotify, Pod, Omatic, wherever you're watching, wherever you're tuning in. I don't know if some of you guys expected this, but Chill Sun, uh, reported by MMA Latest, Chill Sun left his gloves in the cage Friday night at Bellator 222 and announced his retirement from MMA. The American gangster fought the highest level of comp uh, competitors in both UFC and Bellator, which is true. I mean, I know there's so many people out there that are going to uh, cast hate on Chill Sunderman, man, but he is one of the best to ever hype. Like, before there was Conor McGregor, for those of you guys out there that are new to the sport, new to UFC, Bellator, MMA, and Fury, and you're used to Conor McGregor, you're used to Mike Perry, you're used to Kobe Covington, Chill Sun was the original guy to do any of that. And now you might look back at it now and be like, oh, that, that's kind of corny what he was saying. Go look back with a fresh pair of eyes though. Before there was a Conor McGregor, before there was any of these types. I mean, Conor McGregor is the guy who did the best, but Chael laid the blueprint down. And I know there's a lot of people out there that will also say, well, he kind of followed up on the whole wrestling WWF, WWE thing. Yeah, but this is not written. This is not fake. And he did it such a such in a, a manner where it was just like so believable go back and watch him versus anderson silva in the press conferences i'll never forget that that got so many people so hyped a lot of people didn't know who chill was until that moment if they were new to the sport and chill hated up so much even went into that fight almost beat chill son uh he almost beat uh anderson silva and anderson silva if you guys remember defended the title 16 times i forgot how many times he defended up until the point with chill but in the last seconds of that fight, Chell Sonnen ended up tapping, which was a little weird to hear Joe Rogan go back on commentary with it. And even Chell reminisces about it, saying that uh, you know, the, 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 the choke wasn't really deep in for him to really tap. But he's been there before. He mentally gave up, which is something that he struggles with a lot. Something I talk to a lot of fighters about. Uh, ever since starting Pure Evil MMA, the, the mentality of being an MMA fighter, dealing with, you know, if you get a couple of times or you get caught in a choke by a guy that you already know is a submission specialist or can pull like Anderson Silva guys come on if you don't know Anderson Silva do your research the fight can be going steady the whole time 15 minutes 20 minutes but at any second you can pull something off the hat go read there's a book actually written uh, all the guys that fought Anderson Silva between Forrest Griffin uh, even Damien I mean Damien Maya that was off. Don't watch the Damien Maya fight. But everyone that's fought Anderson Silva, that's kind of faced that, where he pulls the rabbit out the hat and just sparks you in just a hot second. Go back and watch the Vitor Belfort fight with Anderson Silva. There's, there's, there's so many amazing moments, which is why Anderson Silva needs to be on the Mount Rushmore of mixed martial arts. But this is a sad headline here today, guys. Fedor just signed a multi-fight deal with Belfort. And Chell Sonnen's leaving. It's a little sad. Well, before I get ahead of myself, like I just said, you just heard me here. Fedor Emelianenko, whether you want to believe it, whether you want to hear it, whether you don't want to hear it, Fedor Emelianenko signed a multi-fight deal with Bellator, which is supposed to be his last hurrah. And we've heard this before. I mean, he's come out of retirement in the past and came back, had a really tough fight against Fabio Maldonado, where went to... Uh, Little, little issue there. Went to the court, went to the government, and was overturned. Fedor Milianenko did not win that fight. We all know that he did not win that fight. But 
Fedor Milenko is back. So who do you want to see him fight? Well, Scott Coker is saying Rampage Jackson is in the mix for that. I, I believe there's going to be about four more fights left. So with those four fights, if Rampage is going to be one of them, and I know just throwing that out there, there's going to be a ton of you guys saying, I don't want to see Fedor versus Rampage Jackson. What is that? Well, that is what you get. And I feel like that's what Bellator was trying to steer away from, but yet they're back there. And you know what? That could go either way because Fedor, if you look at his last couple of fights, you can go, oh, well, he got knocked out by Matt Mitrione and that double knockout. Well, if Fedor just recovered a second quicker, things would have been different. Uh, you look back at the Frank Mir fight. That was pretty decent, but you understand that he's getting older, doesn't really need to be fighting at this point, which is really sad. I just spoke with Jimmy Smith about this as well, where it's like you see all these older fighters, which is like BKFC. BKFC has their sixth event coming up against uh, Pauli Malignaggi, former champion in boxing, going up against Arvind Labaf, who really never made it inside the UFC. His big, his biggest thing that he's known for is being on the Ultimate Fighter season 22 being best friends with Conor McGregor. But yeah, that fight that he had with Jason Knight was really exciting. But if you look at Jason Knight and Artem Labov, if they had a fight in the UFC, it would be different. These are two guys that really aren't the top echelon level of fighting in the mixed martial arts scene. So when you look at BKFC and look at the other guys in there, like Chris Levin, who has an upcoming fight as well, against uh, Cochran, right? He was on Ultimate Fighter as well. He was supposed to fight somebody from here in my hometown. I won't bring his name up because he's doing some issues. I don't know exactly what's... Oh, Brendan Ward. I mean, you probably already saw it. Brendan Ward, he's dealing with a lot of issues going on. You can research it. I've been trying to get him on the show to uh, kind of go in on what's bothering him between... If you don't know, I don't want to really throw it out there, but everyone struggles with things. And I think that's one of the most inspiring things about this sport is watching guys that overlook the distractions, whether it's your girlfriend yelling at you, whether it's your, uh, you know, you have a bad training camp, whether you're getting over an injury or you just have children and your wife's yelling at you because you're not home enough, you're training too much. Like all these things, they make it so much better because you understand there's so many people out there that can relate to what these guys are going through. So for Ben Ward to drop out of that fight with uh, Chris Levin at uh, BKFC 6, I'm a little upset. But Dakota Cochran is stepping in. And we've had Dakota Cochran right here on Pure Evil MMA. A couple years ago, you guys might remember him on Ultimate Fighter. He also was rumored, allegedly, to be in the porn industry, which I'll leave it at that. If you want to do your own research, you can go do it. But, uh, yeah, there's a lot of things that have been coming out this week. There's a lot of people that retired. King Mo retiring, which is a big name in the mixed martial arts scene, which we're going to have to say goodbye to, which is just very sad. But going back to the Fedor Million Ankle thing, I'd rather see... Fedor fight someone else other than Rampage. Uh, I'm sure 75% of you guys would agree with that. But uh, let me know what you think down below in the comments. Here on iTunes, Podbean, Citrus, Spotify. Let's jump in a little bit UFC news. Uh, so I don't have it here on the Twitter page. Let me see what we got here. There are some upcoming fights that we're going to talk about in just a little bit. But UFC 241. I want to talk about UFC 241 for just a quick second here. Uh, DC versus Miocic 2. This is a fight that Stipe was given a lot of shit for because he was on the sidelines for a year and a half. Oh, about a year, maybe a little bit more than a year, almost a year and a half. After losing to DC, they had the whole season Ultimate Fighter. Stipe may have been overlooking DC moving up to heavyweight. And 
you know, DC at heavyweight, man. I like him more there. I'd, I really think that John Jones would beat DC at heavyweight, which is why when John Bones said that he wanted to fight Brock Lesnar at heavyweight but doesn't want to fight DC, what does that tell you? It has an awful lot to say there. Sergio Shotan Pettis versus Nate Diaz. Did you guys hear me on that? Nate Diaz is going to be fighting Showtime Pettis. Nate Diaz has been in the shadows since a, a same situation with Stipe. You get, think about this. You get paid hundreds of million dollars. In Stipe's case, a couple million dollars being champion. He probably should be paid more. He was even as champion calling out people in boxing. I believe he was calling out Adrian Broner. Uh, during that same time, Anderson Silva was trying to call up this guy. Conor McGregor was calling out Mayweather. They only made the Conor McGregor match, but I really wish they did a little bit more than Conor McGregor versus Floyd. They should have made it a whole night of switch-ups, which would have been uh, really impressive for the MMA fans and boxing fans, just to see what it was like. If you're going to do it, there's only going to be one time to do it. Why not then? They blew it there. So we're, we're never going to see anything like that again, even though Conor McGregor is bringing up rumors. Oh, you know what? Before we talk about UFC 241, I mean, let's be real. Listen, I didn't write a script for this show, so I'm just I'm just flowing here. So, if you guys have been following PureEvilMMA.com, Justin Bieber, Tom Cruise, they've been beeping. Go read at PureEvilMMA.com, but here's the thing that caught my eye. Conor McGregor says, I will sponsor it. And if you guys remember the Mayweather versus McGregor fight, Conor McGregor had McGregor promotions. Now he has proper 12. And if you go back four years ago, three years ago, look at the UFC pay-per-views. Conor McGregor said, and I quote, maybe not the right quote, but something along these lines of where he said that he wanted stakes in the UFC. He wanted to be his own promotion. Well, damn, celebrity boxing was huge for so long. Remember, Screech had a couple of fights. Uh, Kim Kardashian had a couple of fights. This is something that relates to the general population of people out there. And if Conor McGregor's the one, I know a lot of people in my family, my ice cream man, my banker, don't know who Conor McGregor is. Floyd Mayweather said today that he would be in on it. So, what does that mean? Could you imagine how many people this would reach? And if you go look at the celebrity thing, even just YouTube, just go look at the people on YouTube. Last year, Logan Paul versus KSI brought in over a million people watching streaming on pay-per-view online. That's unheard of. UFC couldn't pull it off. Bellator couldn't pull it off. BKFC can barely pull it off. BKFC has a tenth of what they brought in just for Logan Paul versus KSI. Bring all these people in. Imagine how much money there is to be made. Oscar De La Hoya wants to bring in Chuck Liddell versus Tito Ortiz. Bringing in money for them, not the other guys on the card. Bring in everybody. Could you imagine how much money could be made if you had a celebrity boxing with also professional fighters switching over from uh, UFC, MMA, whether in UFC or Bellator, and boxing, which is another thing, Scott Coker bringing up Bellator versus UFC. And this is something I've heard backstage at Mohegan. I've heard it backstage at uh, plenty of places, whether it came to Bellator, whether it came to UFC, where these fighters, including Bader, who just won the heavyweight Grand Prix over at Bellator, who's not even a heavyweight. He was saying, well, I would love to run it back against John Jones. I don't know if that gets me too excited. I don't know if that gets you guys too excited. But it's a, something that has happened before in the past. Son, I would like to see. I'm sure a lot of you guys would like to see. Just to switch it up. Make something new. Even Habib is going, you know, let's do a, a lightweight Grand Prix at UFC 241, UFC 242. 
I think UFC should go back to that. That's what they started with. They started with the brackets, and people didn't really understand mixed martial arts back then, but I think Bellator did an amazing job with what they did last year with the heavyweight Grand Prix. It wasn't that big of a deal with, uh, what did they have, a welterweight Grand Prix? I can't remember because it was that big of a deal. But the heavyweight Grand Prix was so big that I would love to see what they can do if they just cross-promoted. Remember the Pride days when Chuck Liddell came over to Pride and Dana White was sitting there cage-side biting his fingers. You can go back and watch it. It's on YouTube right now. Those are the moments that get you to the edge of your seat. Those are the moments that make you feel alive. And for the people out there, any sports fan out there, the only reason why you love sports is because it gets you away from what you're dealing with. I mean, there's people out there that love the fashion industry. There's people out there that love music. And there's people out there that love sports. This is our getaway. So when you bring up, oh, what would happen if we saw UFC versus Bellator? Well, back in the day, what would happen if we saw even Muhammad Ali? Muhammad Ali was the first guy to ever do it with uh, mixing with, I don't want to say professional wrestling, but like WWF kind of wrestling and, uh, and boxing. People were interested to see that. Didn't draw that much back then, but right now, I think right now is a really exciting time. And this year has been crazy because we don't have the headlining stars like Ronda Rousey. I mean, John Jones is back. Brock Lesnar is coming back. Conor McGregor, gone in the shadows, even though... Coach K did say this week on Errol Hawani's show that if he did have a gun to his head, check this out. I thought this was a crazy headline, and let me see if I can find it here somewhere, which I will be posting on PureEvilMMA.com. He said if he had a gun to his head and he had to make a bet, he thinks that Conor McGregor would be fighting Nate Diaz next for the trilogy, which we all know is going to happen at some point, but do we really want to see that happen next? Listen, Conor McGregor's in such a tight spot, and I look at this one of two ways. I look at it my way. But let me show you, let me show the people out there what I'm seeing first before I tell you what you're seeing, which you already know what you're seeing. Conor McGregor, one of the best to ever do it. Look behind me. See that poster on the wall? UFC 205, Madison Square Garden. UFC, MMA, wasn't legal. Unless you were an amateur, it wasn't legal in New York. Conor McGregor goes there after beating Jose Aldo in 13 seconds. One of the best nights, uh, one of the best nights ever for UFC pay-per-view history Still one of the top leaders in pay-per-view all-time uh, scores for payday. Conor McGregor going to UFC 205 versus Eddie Alvarez moving up a weight class, doing what he did to him, knocking him down three times. In kickboxing, if you knock a guy down three times, the fight's over. Conor McGregor knocked him down four times. Stunted on Eddie Alvarez. His speed was so quick. His accuracy was on point. I was so excited to see what was happening next. But he took a detour, went over to boxing, fought the best in the world. 0-0 record. Conor McGregor. 0-0 record going to fight the best in the world in Floyd Mayweather. Now, I was even at the press conference in Brooklyn at the Barclays Center. You guys might have thought it was a little bit cringy. However, just being there, feeling the energy and everything that was going on. You can say whatever you want about Dougie Fresh or like the pre-show or how Connor was two hours late. Let me tell you something. Coming from Connecticut to Brooklyn, it's a 90-minute drive. That day took me almost four hours. Four hours going to Brooklyn. It was a nightmare. It was a fucking nightmare. So you guys could say the Conor McGregor, he shows up late to, to kind of stunt on everybody. Be like, oh, I'm more important than you. But man, go to New York. Drive around New York. People can complain about LA. You don't know what it's like in New York. It's fucking brutal. Especially over in Brooklyn. Conor McGregor's in town. Floyd Mayweather. I, I, I can't even tell you how crazy that was. But let me get right to the point. 
Conor McGregor detours from the UFC, from fighting inside the octagon, going to boxing. Now, there's people out there that are like, oh, well, Conor McGregor's starting to box. Bullshit, he has an 0-0 record. He might as well have been a high school boxer. It means abs it means jack shit. You're fighting the best in the world. Canelo Alvarez can't get by him. Manny Pacquiao can't get by Floyd Mayweather. But here's the thing that made it exciting. is because we didn't ever think we were going to see it. Even when that rumor was brought up, we were all going, this isn't going to happen. All the big names and mixed martial arts, Errol Hawani, Luke Thomas, uh, Chuck, everyone. Mindanoe. Everyone said, this is just a joke, move on. If, if this happens, then uh, we really did change realities. Like, th this isn't fucking real, but it happened. And it brought in so many people between my ice cream and my banker. I, I say this all the time, but then he lost that fight. And I'll say this, beginning of that fight, what was it? He got knocked out, TKO, not knocked out. He got a TKO in the sixth, seventh round against Floyd Mayweather. Go rewatch those first couple of rounds. Nate Diaz can say whatever he wants. The boxing critics can say whatever they want. Floyd was getting pieced up. He had a huge uppercut by Conor McGregor. Now, iHeartRadio the following day. iHeartRadio, which I have right here on my remote. There's a button for iHeartRadio. iHeartRadio reached out to me, asking me to come on and give my take on what I thought about Maymac. I said, listen, you want to see what all the hype about Conor McGregor is? Buy a UFC pay-per-view. You do not want to see him in the boxing ring. They all argued with me. All the hosts on the show said, no, no, no. That was exciting. We loved it. Well, no. You loved it because you haven't seen Conor McGregor do his thing at what he's good at. Go see what he did to Jose Aldo in 13 seconds. Go see what he did to Dustin Diamond, who is now uh, challenging uh, world champions. Go see what he did to Max Holloway, the featherweight champion. The Chad Mendez, UFC 189, one of the best pay-per-views of all time. The co-main event before that was uh, Robbie Lawler versus Roy McDonald, one of the best fights of all time in UFC history, going into the main event. We had Sinead O'Connor sing out Conor McGregor, and you had Aaron Lewis sing out Chad Mendez, Chad Mini Money Mendez. And if you guys don't know who Aaron Lewis is, then uh, <laughs> you may have never heard of the band called Stained. I would actually like to see UFC do more of that. There are people out there that go, oh, I don't want to see the UFC do the WWE thing. It wasn't WWE. This felt so special, so important, because it was special, it was important. And having having that brings more people to watch the pay-per-views. Look where the pay-per-view model is right now. We have ESPN Plus that we're watching most of our events on. ESPN, DAZN, uh, D-A-Z-N. Uh, flow combat i mean all, all these different programs where you have to buy ten dollar subscription flow combat i believe is twenty dollars now it's crazy bring something different to the table bring something like that back but let me let me not get distracted conor mcgregor uh loses this fight to floyd mayweather which everybody on planet earth knows my little sister even made the prediction that floyd was gonna be conor mcgregor which i i, I got uh I hid under my covers for a couple days. I'm, I'm not going to lie. But listen, Connor comes back. He fights Khabib. Khabib has never lost at lightweight in his entire life. He's fought bears as, as a little kid. He would wrestle bears. He's taken out some of the best names inside the division. And we've seen that. Go look back at his record. He has the lead for most takedowns in UFC history. At least in the lightweight division. 
uh, front page MMA at front page MMA. Habib Nurmagomedov has suggested his lightweight mini Grand Prix at UFC 242 with Tony Ferguson. And let me say my own thing. Tony Ferguson coming off the win against Cowboy. Oh shit, Tony Ferguson versus Dustin Gate. Could you guys even picture that? The winner to fight Poirier or Habib. Could you just imagine that? That's money written all over it. Who would not pay $70 for that? Who would not pay $70 for that? So Conor McGregor, let me get back to it because everyone's writing Conor off at this point. I don't want to see Conor McGregor fight Nate Diaz moving forward. Uh, at least next. I don't even want to see him fight Habib next. I guess you can throw Dustin the Diamond. You can throw out Max Holloway rematch. But at the same time, it's hard because he's coming off the loss to Habib. And people are looking at it like he's coming off two losses. He's coming off the loss to Habib, and he's coming off the loss prior to Floyd Mayweather. So now he's on a two-fight losing streak, which isn't true, because he had one of the best performances of his life against Eddie Alvarez at UFC 205. I think Conor should ease back into it. I don't think he should jump back to a rematch against Nate right now, because honestly... How many of you out there, give me a thumbs up if you think that Nate won that rematch. Even Nate goes on a, to think that he won that. I thought it was close. I did score it for Conor McGregor. However, it's going to be a really tough fight. Conor McGregor moving up in a weight class. People don't understand. The special thing about Conor McGregor, he beat the best in the world. Jose Alt, 10 years undefeated. Going from the WEC to the UFC. 10 years. No one's ever beat him. Chad Mendes got knocked out by him with a flying knee. Conor McGregor moving up, challenging himself. Seeing what he was able to do against Eddie Alvarez. Challenging himself after that against Floyd Mayweather, which he did lose. Challenging himself again against Habib, which he did lose. He's challenging himself. He's stepping outside of his element, outside of his comfort zone. How many fighters in the UFC, MMA in general, cut as much weight as they can? Where you see them show up to weigh-in day looking like... Uh, Skeletor, looking like, you know, I don't want to say anything uh, racist or anything like that, but looking like, just not looking good, not looking good at all. And even Connor at 145 did not look good there. And you even saw Coach K say, I don't want to see Connor cut to 145 ever again. People have written Connor McGregor off because he went through those two losses. I don't want to see him come back, fight the best of the best there is, even though I think Connor is the best of the best, but he's that... What do they do in boxing? They give you a little heater match. They give you a warm-up. Look what just happened with uh, uh, Fury. Uh, June 15th, a couple days ago. Put on a clinic against a guy you may not know his name, but after the loss that he just had, what, not against Adrian Broner. Who was it against? Uh, I, I can't remember, but he, he had a heater, which warms you up mentally, physically, to move on, get ready for that next step. I don't want to see Conor McGregor after another two years almost away from the octagon come back and fight Habib, who's been active since the last time he fought Conor. So let me know what you guys think about that. Let's go down here on, on Twitter. Let's see what else is going on here. Besides Bellator going on this weekend, which was great. I think that Bellator should do more of that, honestly. It really sucks when you have Bellator, PFL, and UFC back to back to back. I mean, I understand if... PFL smart because they do PFL on Thursdays. Bellator should do Fridays, but they try to mix it in with the UFC on Saturday. But this weekend, here's one thing I got a little upset about. The zone, man. The zone. Why can't we air this on Paramount? 
Bellator should have more events, which is why I get so mad at when guys like Gegard Mousasi leave the UFC, Rory, uh, Rory McDonald leaves the UFC, Rampage Jackson leaving the UFC, uh, Matt Mitrione leaving the UFC to go fight the Bellator. How many times are you going to fight a year at Bellator? How many times a year are you going to fight a Bellator where people are actually going to see because it's hidden on the zone? Which brings up my next uh, segment here, which we're ending up in the last couple of minutes here on the podcast. But uh, Matt Mitrione, man, free agent. Look at where he was from the UFC, losing to Travis Brown. He had that huge hematoma on his eye. I was watching that fight. I thought his eye fucking popped out. Now, he got poked in the eye a couple times. UFC let him go. They didn't want to match the the price that Bellator threw up. So Matt Mitrion goes over there. He beats Fedor Milanenko. TKO is Fedor Milanenko, one of the best to ever do it. He goes in there. He loses to uh, Bader, who's really improved a lot. I mean, Matt Mitrion, he's on top of the world right now. His last fight was kind of a mess. But right now, you have PFL. You have, I'm sure BKFC is probably reaching out to him. UFC apparently is reaching out to him as well, giving him big money to return. So I don't know if Bellator works the same way as the UFC does because, listen, if your contract comes to end with the UFC, the way that goes for the new uh, fans out there that are just tuning into the UFC, this is how it goes. You have a five-fight deal, a three-fight deal. Your contract comes to an end. You're a free agent. If Bellator wants to give you an offer, say, for instance, Bellator gives you, I don't know, $800,000, UFC has the right to match them and say, no, we're going to give you $800,000 and you're going to stay here. We're going to give you $801,000 and you have to stay here. They have that ability to do that. Matt Mitrione lost that ability when he's fighting the UFC. Now going over to Bellator, big things happening. UFC is looking into it. Probably paying, I don't know, about double but definitely more than where he left off as. Because if you look at the heavyweight division in the UFC, where's it at? You had upcoming rising stars like Tai Tuovasa. Um, JD, JDS right now, he's doing his damn thing. He's been in there forever. Brock Lesnar making the return. Uh, Curtis Blades, he's looking for an opponent. Travis Brown, the guy who Matt Mitrione lost to, where's he to be found? He's hanging out with Ronda Rousey somewhere, walking around in his little thong. I mean, it, it's just, a, it's... We need more faces back in the heavyweight division. I wouldn't mind seeing even Ryan Bader. I wouldn't mind seeing Ryan Bader, which is why I think it would be really smart for the UFC and Bellator to do their own separate heavyweight Grand Prix. Like, don't involve the champion, which right now is DC, the double champ, the champ champ. Or no, he's not the champ champ. Because, or is he? Because his fight with John Jones, who's the late heavyweight, got busted after he beat DC. So is DC still considered the heavyweight, uh, the late heavyweight champion? I don't know. But they should do like a, a world MMA champion belt, Grand Prix, like Habib's bringing up. I think that would be great. Let me know what you guys think. This is a shorter episode. We're reaching the 40 minute mark and I'm gonna be breaking down the upcoming MMA cards of this weekend between UFC, Bellator, PFL, BKFC 6 coming up. There's a lot more headlines that I'm sure are going to break in the next couple of days. When it comes to summer and you have International Fight Week coming up, this is when shit gets crazy, guys. So let me know what you're looking forward to, what fight stands out to you moving forward. I'm Evil Eddie from Pure Evil MMA, PureEvilMMA.com for all the latest MMA interviews, MMA news, and podcasts. Oh, really quick before I go. James McSweeney, my co-host. He's Nintendo Ultimate Fighter, first pick. UFC veteran has an upcoming fight 
June 22nd. Don't want to miss it. He also has an upcoming movie, which was just on E! News, where the Kardashians are. I mean, that's fucking crazy. Fucking crazy. Check it out. I'm Evil Eddie, Pure Little May. What are you doing until the end? Remember, without evil, there's no purity. Leave yourself.